The reading is taken from Jonah, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, and it be found on page 929. Jonah goes to Nineveh. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give to you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord. And so if you're comfortable to do so, please do stand as Mary brings our gospel reading today. The gospel reading is from Mark chapter 1, verse 14, which is on page 1002 in the Bible. After John was put in prison... Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the Gospel of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, please take the weakness of my words, touch them by your Holy Spirit. And bring to us, each of us, please, a word from the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Please sit. Pleasure to be back with you, folks. Um, And uh, rather sooner than I was expecting, um, there was an opportunity a while back when I came on a Sunday to be with you. But I was here on Wednesday and uh, didn't think that I would be back just a few days later. Um, to be here, but it's a pleasure, real pleasure to be here with you. Jesus, we heard in the gospel reading, said, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. In the aftermath of the First World War, politicians from various countries wanted to find a way to prevent such death and destruction from happening again. They had a vision of the world where nations wouldn't be threatened by competing enemies. Disputes would be resolved. This time in the future, 
um, by discussion and negotiation, not by the horror of war. Far too many millions had lost their lives after that, uh, in that great First World War. They wanted to minimise the threat of war. They wanted to work together so that they could guarantee, as best they could, security and maybe at some stage begin to disarm themselves. They wanted to create a, and turn away from and the old way of dealing with things, resorting to violence. They wanted to create a more peaceful world. It was at the Paris Peace Conference in 1919 that what was then called the League of Nations Covenant, later to become the United Nations, that was signed. And they had the hope that we would be able together to build a better world. Well, what we know since then is that in some ways that was a failure. We were soon at war across the world again with such destructive consequences. And there is a level at which we have, in various parts of the world, been ravaged by conflict ever since. But the leaders at the time in 1919 in Paris planted a very important flag in the ground. They made an important statement. Their aspiration for a different, to turn away from hating each other and building a better world. I don't know about you, but I'm finding in my prayers at the moment that what was put together by the nations way back then, what was established after the Second World War, various covenants between nations, especially in Europe, I'm hoping and praying that what was achieved with such determination and such vision is not going to be unravelled as more and more extreme ways of relating to each other start to become apparent and the rise of the possibility of being hateful towards each other starts to rear its head again. We need committed relationships relationships of peace. We need to be connected to each other across the world as communities and nations as well as individuals. But I'm, I'm finding myself pleading with God because maybe I'm becoming a bit more anxious. I don't know what your, uh, how your prayers are being informed as you scan what we're saying to each other, what we're doing to each other as various commitments are being torn up, questioned, the possibility of walls being built between. Well, now, as 2,000 years ago, Jesus steps into the situation. In the Gospel reading that we've just heard, Jesus calls people to share his vision of a better world. The kingdom of God has come near, he says. But in order to achieve that, we don't look to others 
we start to change ourselves first. And that's what he calls us to do. Mark suggests this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's in chapter 1. So we assume that it was near the beginning. And what had happened just before is that Jesus had been baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. He had endured the temptation in the wilderness. The powers of the world had been brought to bear on him and he had been able to resist them. He was devoted to the vision that God had for a better world. So when he comes back from all of that, rather than put his feet up on the beach and catch a few rays of sun, he starts proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. He starts going to various people and declaring that this has happened. People were hopeful back then and expectant about the future of the world. But it was only too evident that the world was not how God had intended it to be. The Jewish people were under Roman occupation. You know this very well. They were being overseen by a very cruel and energetic dictator, King Herod. There were many corrupt officials who oppressed ordinary people, and in particular, the poor. It's fascinating that one of those who Jesus calls to follow him is one of such people, Matthew. It's no, men, no wonder, especially in the area where Jesus grew up, Nazareth, and that whole area, northern area of the kingdom at the time. There were many rebel bandits. There was a lot of aggro. They wanted to find out how they could resist, and the use of violence was rife. Jesus knew that. But he steps into the situation. He invites people to believe the good news that the kingdom of God had come. Mark gives us a clue as to what is meant when he describes Jesus' baptism, which comes just before the gospel reading we had. It tells us that when Jesus was coming out of the water, the heavens were torn apart. Somehow, something happened in the sky, and the Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. I don't know about you, but I've been to the baptism, uh, the place of baptism in the River Jordan. And among the tamarisk trees that are near, living off the water and the salt around by the river, the trees are full of grey doves. Must have been an amazing sight as somehow these doves were activated. And the Gospel writer tells us that this looks something like the Holy Spirit coming to rest on Jesus. The barrier between God and the human world was now being broken. The kingdom of God, the vision of God that God had for the world was being brought tangibly by this human being. 
the kingdom of God is beginning to break through. And all, as the gospel goes on to explain, are included. What sort of kingdom is this? Some of Jesus' early followers probably thought that he was going to launch some kind of violent overthrow of the Roman regime and any of its collaborators. But God's kingdom isn't like that. We catch a glimpse of that in the book of Isaiah, which Mark quotes at the beginning of his gospel. There is a vision of a peaceable kingdom where a lion lies down with a lamb. And the creation, the whole of creation, somehow exists in a state of harmony. We've looked for glimpses of that ever since Isaiah wrote those words. And I think you have had a glimpse of that this week. The F word, exhibition, has been present in your midst. There has been events exploring what forgiveness and reconciliation looks like. Nine of you gather together on Tuesday to discuss what the Bible says about justice and bringing people together. On Wednesday, there are over a hundred clergy here with the Bishop of Wilsdon. We were reflecting together on how do wounds heal? Two very powerful speakers shared with us the possibility of healing and reconciliation, of God's kingdom coming near, coming close, touching us and our lives. We were reminded in the liturgy that surrounded that gathering, using the lovely uh, red material that's hanging from the cross by the altar. We used that on Wednesday. We were reminded in the liturgy of what God has achieved in the cosmos through the person, the words, and the works of Jesus Christ. It was a very powerful morning. And I've been hearing feedback from clergy who came, the impact of that on them. And I think the atmosphere that was created has been created here during that week is here today. You had the event here on Thursday. I understand there was a coffee morning yesterday. Opportunity for people to look at the exhibition. If you haven't seen it, can I encourage you, before you leave, do nothing else. Take your coffee and go and have a read. Because there you will see testimonies of forgiveness and reconciliation and greater harmony being brought to bear in the lives of various people. The kingdom of God comes near. This is the kingdom that Jesus invites people to trust has come near. Yes, I acknowledge we still live in a world that is far from fully peaceful. Although those who research this do tell us 
that we are more peaceful across the world than we have been before. God still longs, however, for those who foster violence and division to turn away from oppression and conflict and to find the possibilities for forgiveness and peace. Sin is a Christian concept, a wonderful concept that helps us to understand why we behave the way we do. Because so often we turn away from the ways of peace. God calls us back. Jesus, in the gospel reading, comes close. and says, the kingdom of heaven is near, is here. Turn away from sin. Follow me. People need to turn to the ways of God. Who sent Jesus to embody the kingdom and to demonstrate for us, because we needed it so much, what justice and peace looks like. And it's when we see that happen that repentance takes place. Jesus calls you and I too in this day and generation. Like the fishermen, the Zebedee boys, and Andrew and Peter in the gospel reading when he Jesus comes and calls them to follow him. We are called equally to follow the way of Jesus. And I do acknowledge that like them, we too may be taken to unexpected places. The early followers of Jesus took physical journeys. They physically went to different places. That might happen to you and me. They left their business in Galilee, left everything behind and followed Jesus. That may happen to you. It certainly happened to me. And others down through the centuries. Some haven't gone very far, but in terms of their life's journey, in terms of their life experience, they've been taken to very different places. Places of healing, forgiveness, and reconciliation. Maybe that's happened to you. The politicians, after the two world wars, attempted to make the world a better place. People had given their lives for that vision. And yes, rightly, we remember them today. I think an important symbol of reconciliation that's taking place this year is the presence of the German president in various ceremonies taking place as a further step in that reconciliation that's happening between nations at the moment, especially those in Europe. In a moment we will gather around the Lord's table. Our priest will open her arms as the Eucharistic prayer is offered and call to mind 
and help us to call to mind all that God has done for us in reconciling the world to himself. And then, as the body of Jesus is broken and the wine is ready to be poured out for our consumption and we are strengthened for the journey, we will approach the altar. And as we do, let it be, sisters and brothers, with gratitude that the kingdom of God has come near, that we have seen it and caught a glimpse of it and even been touched by it. And by our baptism, we have entered into the joy of it. Then we will get up and return to our seats. And as we do so, let's be resolved that what we have received so generously given when we leave this place, we will go out and share with others that the kingdom may come near to them. That people will be touched and want to change their ways. And with the Lord's help, the kingdom will come nearer still to them. May that be our determination as we return from the altar that having received, we will want to eagerly give. Amen.